KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, I'm Tebby Cruz. It's Wednesday, February 1st. SDG&E customers can soon expect some relief from high utility bills. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. President Joe Biden this week announced he will end the COVID-19 national public health emergencies on May 11th. The declaration of the public health emergency was put in place three years ago by former President Donald Trump. Some things that will change once the COVID emergencies end There will be less federal COVID relief money, and at-home tests won't be free anymore. But vaccines will still be free. In San Diego County, the COVID-19 emergency declaration is set to end at the end of this month. New County Board of Supervisors Chairwoman Nora Vargas will give her first State of the County address today. She was elected chairwoman last month. She will be giving the address at the San Diego County Administration Center. The live broadcast of the event starts at 6. You can watch it at kpbs.org. This month, the Port of San Diego will be making improvements to the recreational field at Cesar Chavez Park in Barrio Logan. The project is estimated to cost more than $600,000. It includes removing 90,000 square feet of existing grass turf and replacing it with new turf, drainage improvements, and more. The park will be open during the project, but the field is expected to be closed through August. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. SDG&E customers can expect some relief soon from last month's unprecedented natural gas prices. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has details. The San Diego investor-owned utility says natural gas prices are down sharply from record high prices in January. A typical customer who paid more than $225 for natural gas in January can expect to pay $110 in February. San Diego Gas and Electric's Anthony Wagner says the cost of natural gas fell significantly. We saw an unprecedented historic spike in the gas commodity. Uh, Customers at San Diego Gas and Electric were paying $3.45 for the commodity. 
that has dropped in February to $1.11. Many customers are just now opening their January bills, which are often more than double what they paid for similar usage a year ago. Wagner says the utility stands ready to help customers who may have trouble paying high bills. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. The decrease in natural gas prices will most likely lower your SDG&E bill this month. We spoke to KPBS web producer Lara McCaffrey about ways to even further lower your bill. Here's that interview. Talk to me about the best ways to keep our homes warm without breaking the bank. So I'd like to preface this by saying that Californians are generally pretty good at saving energy, but there's always things that we can try, right? So um, a couple things we can do. You can caulk gaps and windows and doors, use weather stripping, or put door sweeps. Those gaps actually leak a lot of warm air, surprisingly. Um, And then there's some obvious ones like wearing warm clothing and opening the blinds to let in sunlight. And some people like to keep the heating or cooling on in their house when they're away so it's nice and cozy when they get back. But I spoke with Jan Kleisel. He is the director of the Center for Energy Research at UCSD. He said that actually uses up a lot of energy. You really actually use a lot more energy because you're losing heat all day long if you keep the, the home warm. And that that basically that heat is lost forever. Whereas if you let the home cool down, you'll stop the heat loss and then you will you will use less energy during the day and also overall less energy. And of course, uh, we all know to turn off the lights. And I've also heard you should unplug things when you're not using them. Is that for everything? I mean, should I unplug my air fryer or blow dryer when I'm not using them? So appliances in California are typically pretty energy efficient, especially if they were purchased within the last 10 years. There's a lot of regulations manufacturers have to follow. Older appliances, though, especially big TVs and computer towers, they aren't that energy efficient. They could be spending a lot of phantom power, which is energy being used when the appliance is off. And if you're unsure whether an appliance is generating phantom power, you can purchase what's called an energy meter. So you plug in the appliance in question, and that can measure how much energy it uses when it's not on. So let's talk about how to save on the energy it takes to have warm or hot water. So Professor Kleisel told me that heating water takes a lot of energy. Keeping that in mind, if there are chores you can do with cold water, you should do that. For example, most clothes can be washed with cold water. And changing how you do chores might help too. Only do full loads of laundry. Only run the dishwasher when it's completely full. Um, Also taking shorter showers. I'm not going to suggest that people take cold showers unless you want to. Another thing you can do if you own your own home, you could invest in what's called a heat pump water heater. These are two to three times more energy efficient than regular water heaters. Um, It pulls heat from the air around it and transfers it at a higher temperature to heat water. And if you want to spend money to save money, what are some things listeners should consider investing in? So there's the water heaters I mentioned, and then there's things like Nest thermostats, and those manage your home temperatures for you, basically. If you're a renter, though, those might not be an option. Um, The simplest investment is probably going to be getting LED lights. Um, Those are way more efficient than incandescent light bulbs, other regular light bulbs, and they last longer, too. And if you want to get really fancy, there's 
um, what's called occupancy sensors. So you plug these into an outlet and they turn your lighting on or off depending on if someone's in the room. Okay, and if you're an SDG&E customer, you also have some different options when it comes to payment plans. Can you tell me about those? Yeah. So the amount your bill is depends on how much energy you use. If you opt for a level pay plan, this will average out the amount you spend each month. Um, And this is good for budgeting. And it's also good because if your energy use is way higher than normal one month, you could still pay a lower amount. Then there's the time of use plan. Um, So energy costs more between the peak hours of 4 and 9 p.m., And that plan will give you savings on energy used outside of those peak hours. Laura, I'm curious, what tips have you tried and have you noticed a difference? So I'll admit I haven't done any bill crunching lately, but I have tried small things like being more aware of turning on appliances when I'm not using them. Um, I also added a door sweep or asked my landlord to add a door sweep. Um, I've been piling on the blankets and warmer clothing just so I don't use my little space heater as much. And I'd like to add that doing each of these things individually might not make a big difference, but if you do them collectively, then you might see some sort of difference on your bill. It adds up. It's all about layering for me, but yeah, every little bit helps. Laura, thank you for all the tips and for joining us on the San Diego News Now podcast. Hope to have you back again. Thanks, Debbie. A San Diego County contractor has been ordered to hire back some janitors who were trying to unionize. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado says the county found the company violated labor laws. Sofia Martinez says she feels vindicated after being rehired with back pay by county contractor Nova after being fired and out of a job for over two weeks. Yes, I already started working, and on Friday, they're going to pay me all the salary they owe me, said Martinez. The San Diego County Office of Labor Standards and Enforcement found Nova violated labor laws and retaliated against her and several janitorial workers for trying to unionize. Martinez says the fight continues to create a union for better treatment, better pay, and more than anything, respect. Nova's executive operations manager, Eleanor England, says the company is very excited to have the workers back and will continue to support and hear their concerns. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Coming up, San Diego's in desperate need of more workforce housing to keep essential workers in the region. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at TrustYourHomeToUs.com. 
When you look at the region's housing market, you can find a lot of luxury housing and a growing share of low-income units. But for people in the middle, it's getting hard to buy or rent. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer looks at the effort to build more workforce housing. While San Diego rents and home prices are starting to come down, Zillow says this is currently the fifth least affordable region in the nation when it comes to buying, and seventh least affordable for renting compared to average income. That's bringing things to a boiling point for many middle-income workers. Many feel like they may not ever be able to afford a home in San Diego um, in the communities where they work. Keisha Borden is a director at the California Teachers Association. The union leader represents educators across San Diego and Imperial counties. She says the lack of affordable housing is contributing to a teacher shortage. Um, We're also seeing our families um, having to move as well. So we're seeing uh, a decline in enrollment because families simply can't afford to live here. So some local school districts are taking matters into their own hands by building more affordable homes on their land. And if our school districts are able to to provide some of that housing for their employees, I think all the better. So hopefully if this is something that can spread to other districts, San Diego Unified was able to pass a bond in order to build housing. Uh, There's a point in everyone's life where they would like to be a homeowner. Mohamed Alamaldin is a policy associate at UC Berkeley's Turner Center for Housing Innovation. He says moderate income workers, like teachers, make up a significant portion of the population statewide, and they're having trouble affording to live where they work. Number one, rents are too high, and this is what's leading to people leaving the state. And number two, homeownership's inaccessible. Alamaldin says zoning is part of the issue. He says 70% of urban land in California is zoned for single-family housing, which makes the cost of living pricey. That's where workforce housing comes into play. And it would be placed in a way where it's duplexes and triplexes or cottage clusters, basically a bunch of housing units surrounded around a court. He says the smaller floor plans and denser construction in multifamily housing are what make renting and buying more affordable. And middle-income housing doesn't all have to be new construction. We could essentially take market-rate multifamily housing projects and convert them to middle-income projects. Sean Rawson is co-founder of Waterford Property Company, which converts current properties through a combination of bonds and property tax exemptions. Rawson says the exemptions have caused some controversy over lost revenue for cities, but that the program works. Waterford has such a project underway with hundreds of units in Escondido. We've lowered rents 18% across the board from from where they were. What that translates into is is that we have now about $800 a month uh, monthly savings to our tenants. The city of San Diego is offering incentives to build middle-income housing, but very few developers are taking them up on it. In 2021, they only built 19 middle-income units. As well, we have produced thousands of low-income units. We've produced tens of thousands of luxury units. We've really provided just a couple dozen middle-income units, and that's uh, the main challenge. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria says he established a middle-income housing working group in 2021, and they've helped create upcoming policy change. He says some workforce housing is starting to be built now. Well, increasingly we're talking about are sizable units in multifamily developments near transit and jobs. Uh, That is a difference for us. Uh, But without those kinds of units, we will never be able to solve this problem. The housing crisis has been solved in the United States before, after World War II, and has been solved in multiple other countries 
we have to look at the solutions that they're proposing and let that guide us, right? We don't reinvent the wheel, but we look at what works and we replicate it. Gloria will bring a second housing action package to the city council in the coming weeks with more incentives to build middle-income housing. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. The spring semester brings a new opportunity for a four-year bachelor's degree at San Diego City College for the first time in the school's history. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has the details. The California Community College's Board of Governors has authorized the degree in cybersecurity and analysis. It's a four-year program at City College that will teach students how to find a career in the quickly developing industry to protect against cyber attacks. There are cost savings and a real convenience in completing the degree at City College. Melvin Emery transferred from Bakersfield, and he's already making a new plan for graduation. Being able to do everything that I wanted to do potentially at a UC or a CSU, but at a cheaper cost, and also being able to do it with alongside students that are thinking the same thing as me. The four-year cybersecurity degree will cost a student about $10,000 to complete. Applications begin this fall. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. Today, you will get your best look at a comet discovered by the Palomar Observatory last year as it passes near the Earth. KPBS SciTech reporter Thomas Fudge tells us about a green comet. Comets are dirty balls of ice that orbit the solar system. As they get close to the sun, they begin to melt and evaporate into a gas, and that gas makes them visible in the sky. The cloud of of this gas from the evaporated ices that are present in that little snowball ends up being like thousands of miles across. And then the tail that drags out behind it ends up being millions of miles in length. Cameron Hummels is a research scientist at Caltech, which operates the Palomar Observatory in the mountains east of San Diego. He says the discovery of the Green Comet was done with a device called the Zwicky Transient Facility, which is mounted inside a telescope. It scans the night sky, then takes a series of pictures of the same spot. Occasionally, you'll see something moving over the course of those five images or so. And in this case, that was the initial discovery of this comet that was last March. The last time this comet came this close to Earth was 50,000 years ago. And if you want to try and see it, Hummel says just after dusk on Wednesday, it'll be in the northern part of the sky near the North Star. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.